Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi there. My name's Alan, and my girlfriend dumped me because I lost my home. Now, she lives in a building I own, and she's paying me rent. Shout out to Inako Mukabeni for inspiring today's title with GTO as enhanced. Watch until the end, and comment your title ideas for the follow-up of the story, or for a different one. We'll pick the most unique ones. If you can't think of a title, make sure to like the ideas you prefer in the community section, and enjoy the video. Serena and I had been seeing each other for only a year when it happened. I was tinkering with the window, which refused to shut, when my girlfriend came into my rented apartment, screaming and jumping up and down. Oh my god, oh my god, babe, I can't believe it, I can't believe it. What? Serena, what happened? Calm down. You're not gonna believe this. I memorized those numbers when you played them, and I've been checking and checking, and just, just check the ticket in your wallet. And just like that, my whole life changed. I'd won the lotto. It wasn't a massive jackpot, only a few million, and I had to share it with two other people. But, but it still took me out of that dump I lived in. Instantly, my life went from 0 to 100. I bought a house. I bought my parents a house. And Serena and I moved in together. I bought myself a fancy car. And Serena got one too, of course. I bought everything I'd always wanted to have, but never had the cash to buy with. Consoles, games, three top-of-the-line PCs, each one with their own purpose. The best fiber internet money could buy. Clothes that had to be delivered by a specialized truck. And toys. All the big boy toys I could ever dream of. I gave a thousand bucks to friends, family, even the barista who always spelled my name right. I learned to roll high at the casinos. And soon, I realized that no amount of money was infinite. The moment I started spending was the moment I lost it all. I never bothered with savings. I never had to. Not in my life. Because every month, I'd always only make enough to sustain myself until the next paycheck. I never had a dime to put into savings. So when I won a couple of million bucks, I thought I was set for life. I never invested either. I never knew how to. And I never saw the value of it. I thought, as long as I had my millions, I was fine. But the houses and the cars and the toys and the taxes, oh the taxes, all of those small little purchases added up to a pretty sum, and in a matter of two years, I lost it all. What's worse is that I'd already proposed to Serena, and I promised her the grandest wedding any girl could ever dream of. I paid the deposits, I bought her the dress, and I'd already gotten the diamonds. But months before we could even finish wedding preparations, the bill collectors came. I'd sunk myself in the debt. I thought the money would just keep coming, 
I thought the interest in my account alone would keep me afloat, but I spent faster than I could make money, and in the end, I was worse off than before I won the lotto. I had to postpone the wedding, and when I couldn't pay for the services I hired, I was fined. And when I couldn't pay the bank for the debt I'd amassed, the repo crew came in. They took Serena's car, they took mine, they took the house, but thankfully, they couldn't take my parents' house. And so, it was my only choice. I had to move back in with my folks. But Serena was not having it. You've taken away my dream wedding. You've lost me my car. My beautiful car. And now you're going to make me go through the embarrassing experience of moving into your parents' house? How dare you? It... It's only for a while, babe. I promise, I'll be back on my feet again. That all doesn't really matter, does it? What's important is we're together. We got each other. Go and shove that romance crap up your butt, Alan. I'm not living in her parents' house. The shame. Ugh. And besides what? Are you... You plan on marrying me at a city hall? How horrible. You're even poorer now than when we met. And I'm not gonna stay around for that. Goodbye. She left just like that. She didn't even give me a chance. I thought she'd be back in the morning. I thought she just needed to cool off. But when I woke up, all the things were gone. I moved back into my parents' house that weekend. And all I had were what precious few of my old things that the bank didn't take. I had an old laptop and a bag of old clothes. And I got depressed. My parents picked me up, though. They were eternally grateful that I didn't forget them when I was on high. So they helped me when I was low. They checked in on me every day. My dad tried to get me to go fishing with him every day. And my mom made me all my favorite childhood meals at dinner. They told me that this too shall pass. And that all I needed to do was get back up. So eventually, I did. But not before I talked to myself in the mirror and came to terms with all the things I did wrong. And there, in front of my parents' bathroom mirror, I realized what I needed to do. I wrote. I wrote about all the experience that led me to where I was. I wrote about winning the lotto. I wrote about how it changed my life. And then, about how it destroyed it. I wrote about the things I did wrong and the things I should have done right. And at the end, I gave advice for all those future lottery winners. I wanted to be their cautionary tale. I wanted to be the guy who told the story of his fall from grace, so that less people would have to experience what I did. And when I crossed the last T's and dotted the last I's, I went out there. I submitted my book to every publisher in town, and when they rejected me, I went to the next town over. My mom and dad supported me. Every time I got a rejection letter, they'd keep it. They wouldn't let me throw it away. One day, you will sell your book, and these letters will be here, to remind you of how hard you work for your goals. It made me cry when my mom said that to me. I couldn't have asked for better parents. About a hundred rejection letters later, I finally got a phone call. And one small publisher finally believed in me. My book sold a hundred copies on its first day. It wasn't life-changing, but it felt good. But a month later, I sold a thousand, and then ten thousand. To date, I have sold over two hundred thousand copies of it. And it was around the fifty thousand mark when I knew I'd make it. When I received my first royalties, I made sure to invest it. And then, I gave back to the people who'd helped me along the way. My mom and dad. I started a savings account and an investment account. I bought a couple of apartments that I rented out so I would have passive income without having to work again if I wanted. My apartments eventually paid for themselves, and so I bought more. More and more until I was able to buy my own building. And if I wanted to retire now, I could. But my publisher told me I had a knack for writing. And so to this day, I write. I work and I earn. And I haven't made a single useless purchase since. I only buy things that can make money nowadays. I don't even drive. I just take the bus. Because as I've learned, the moment I drive off any car from the dealership, its value goes down. Just makes no sense to throw away money on something that doesn't go up in value. You know what the funny thing is? When I visited the new apartment building I just bought, I saw a very familiar name on the list of tenants. Serena. When she saw me visiting and she heard what had happened to me, she begged me to take her back. I just laughed. Come on, I know you still love me. 
You're changed now. I see you've changed. And I think, now... Now you deserve a girl like me. Actually, I don't. What do you mean you don't? I don't love you anymore. And I don't deserve a girl like you. I deserve a girl who will stick by me through the good and bad. Not just because she found out I'm her landlord. But that... that's not what I mean. Yeah, you never say what you mean, Serena. And I don't like that about you. You're right. I've changed. And I left the past behind me because that past was immature and irresponsible. Why would I go back to that past by dating someone like you? Mm, you're gonna regret this, you know. No, Serena. I probably won't. I turned to leave, but Serena pulled my hair and started hitting my chest. No, no! You have to marry me! You said you would marry me! The security guard pulled her away, but I told him to leave her. It was enough embarrassment for her that the people who saw us were already filming the whole scene. You know what? Just for that, I'm gonna raise your rent by 10%. What? No, I can't afford that. You can't do that. Of course I can. And you really should stop living in places you can't afford. I left the building with a cheeky wink. And I never heard from my troublesome tenant ever again. here? I asked in shock. Natasha smirked. Well, I took your advice and got a real job. What a weird coincidence. I didn't want to meet her again, and that too when I was with my boss and colleague. Uh, okay. Good for you. Then I'll go back to sleep. I said in a dismissive tone. What? Are you really trying to ignore me? She asked. Do you know how difficult it was for me to find out which company you're working for? My eyes widened. What do you mean? She sat down beside me without even asking and turned to me with a smile. I was looking for a job a few days ago. I thought that it would be best to look into the company you're working for. So, here I am. So, you were stalking me again? I state in irritation. Matt, why don't you understand? I'm doing this for you. She said seriously. I just want to stay close to you. I don't want that, I exclaimed. So please, do me a favor and leave me alone. Excuse me? Ruby's voice interrupted. She was standing in the aisle, staring at Natasha. That's my seat, Ruby told her. So please leave. I don't know what gave you this idea that you could just sit anywhere in this flight. Natasha glared at her but had no choice but to leave. What else could she do? Ruby was technically her boss. Thanks. You just saved me from her, I said to Ruby. She nodded. I could see that she was annoying you. I'll ask the higher-ups to look more into her background and verify if she's really suitable for the job. I sighed. That would be great. A few more hours later, we finally landed, and I could sigh in relief. That was a plane ride from a nightmare. I could only relax when I got inside my hotel room and lied down on the bed. I was about to fall asleep when my phone started buzzing. Olivia was calling me. Hi, Matt? Are you free tonight? She asked as soon as I received the call. Um, yeah. I think the meetings and negotiations will start tomorrow. So we have the day off today, I replied. Right, so 
I was wondering if you wanted to go to a club with me, she asked. I gave it a thought. I was not really sure about Olivia anymore. She had acted like a completely different person with Ruby, but now she was talking like her old self. I decided to give her a second chance. I mean, I'd be getting bored anyway, so why not just go clubbing? Sure, I'll meet you later, I told her. Around 11pm, we met in the hotel lobby, and from there, we proceeded towards the club. Within two hours, Olivia was drunk out of her mind. I was having a hard time with her. She was all over the place and had been flirting with me the whole time. It was a bit uncomfortable for me. Oh, would you like to dance? She suddenly asked. No thanks, I immediately replied. She started pleading me, and she was being so loud and weird that now everyone was watching us. In the end, I said yes, just so she would shut up. Even the dance was uncomfortable. She was completely intoxicated, and I bet she had no idea what she was doing. I was thinking of getting out of there when someone tapped on my shoulder. I turned around to come face to face with Ruby. Oh, God, what are you doing here? I yelled over the music. I could ask you the same thing, she yelled back, then pointed towards Olivia. I've been watching since the last few hours. What exactly is going on here? Um, I started awkwardly. You see, Olivia's a bit drunk, and... Ruby scoffed, cutting me off. Drunk? Please, she doesn't get drunk so easily. I've known her for a long time, and trust me, she's fooling you. What? I exclaimed in shock. I turned to Olivia to see that she was glaring at Ruby. Oh, wow. She seemed completely fine now. Ruby pulled me to a quiet corner. Matt? I warned you about her. I don't know what she's playing at, but please, be careful. What is your problem? Olivia suddenly appeared before us and started yelling. You are my problem, Ruby snorted. Weren't you supposed to play a drunk girl just now? Did you come out of your character already? Ruby was right. Olivia seemed completely normal right now. Uh, were you pretending to be drunk? I asked her. Why would you do that? Was it fun to deceive me? No, Matt, listen. She grabbed my hand. I was not pretending. I, I, I just feel better right now. But why did you leave me alone and come here with Ruby? I brought him here, Ruby intervened. I couldn't tolerate your antics anymore. You're just jealous, Olivia fumed. I know that you like Matt and you hate it when he's with me, don't you? Olivia, please. I stopped her. Instead of accepting your mistake, why are you arguing with us? Olivia glanced at me in shock. Us? What do you mean, us? Is she that important to you? Ruby shook her head. You're just blowing things out of proportion. Don't take your anger out on Matt. She is, I finally said, ignoring Ruby's words. Ruby is important to me. Even I don't know why I said that, but I needed Olivia to back away, and this seemed like the only way. Plus, who knows? Maybe Ruby really meant something to me. A look of betrayal crossed Olivia's face, and she turned around and left. Ruby gave me an awkward look, and I found it hard to meet her gaze. I I'm sorry for ruining your night, she blurted out. But I swear, I just didn't want you to fall for Olivia's trap. I nodded. It's fine, and you know, not everything's ruined. We can still enjoy it, right?
Ruby smiled. Right. And that's how my night started, with Olivia, but somehow ended with Ruby. One thing was clear to me now. Olivia was not what she appeared to be. And she kind of reminded me of Natasha, which was not really a good thing, I guess. The next day, Olivia had disappeared somewhere and didn't even show up for the meetings. Ruby called her multiple times, but there was no response. We attended the meetings without her. Later at night, I was having a business dinner with Ruby. We were just discussing some proposals and clients over food and wine. But I must say, it felt good to spend time like this with her. She was really the best in what she did. Okay, so we will try and negotiate with them tomorrow, Ruby concluded. Thanks, Matt. You've been really helpful. No worries, I said. I just hope that Olivia's safe. Oh, I think she's safe, Ruby replied. She's pulled this kind of stunt a lot of times. When things don't go her way, she disappears, then comes back again to wreak havoc. Oh, wow, I remarked. You seem to know her very well. Yes, unfortunately. I knew her since college days. We were in the same classes, and then we got our jobs at the same place. But I got promoted a lot of times, and she stayed where she was. So she became really bitter. She has always been jealous of what I have and has tried to ruin things for me a lot of times. That's terrible, I said in shock. Why haven't you fired her yet? I guess I feel somewhat bad for her, she said with a smile. If I fire her, she'll just blame me even more. I want to give her time to learn and improve. She was kind of getting there, but you came and then everything became a competition once again. I bit my lip. It's my fault. I shouldn't have trusted her so easily. No, it's okay. Ruby waved her hand. Let's not talk about her. I was about to reply when suddenly the doors burst open and guess who barged in? It was Natasha. Oh, finally I found you, Natasha said, walking up to me. Why didn't you wait for me at the airport? I made a disgusted face. What are you talking about? I have nothing to do with you. Why would I wait? And why are you here? Don't tell me you followed me again. Thank God that Olivia girl told me that you would be here, Natasha sighed. Otherwise, I would have lost you again. Olivia told you? Ruby exclaimed. Where is she? And how do you even know her? Uh, who are you? And why are you with my boyfriend? Natasha asked her. God, are you delusional? I yelled at her. We are not dating anymore, and my life is none of your business. Leave before I call the cops. You can't do that, Matt. Natasha smiled. You should learn to take responsibility. What do you mean? I asked in confusion. I'll tell you only if you agree to come with me. And trust me, this is important. Hi, my name is Matt, and I'm 25 years old. I'm going to tell you some really weird stuff that I experienced over the past few months. So, it all started when I got a new job about six months ago. There was a reason that I resigned from my previous job. I used to date one of my coworkers named Natasha. It was all great fun until I found out her truth. She'd been lying to me the whole time. She wasn't even my coworker. In fact, she didn't even have a job. She had faked everything just to get close to me. 
I was really creeped out by how she was able to infiltrate the company and pretend to be an employee there. Honestly, it was partially our manager's fault. He was a lazy, absent-minded guy. It was only when the higher-ups paid us a visit that we got to know Natasha's truth. She really had all of us fooled. Why did you even do that? I asked her after everything was revealed. Well, I'd been observing you for quite some time, and I really wanted to talk to you, she replied as if it was no big deal. You see, I've always liked you, Matt. I still do. I took a step away from her. Observing me? Were you stalking me, Natasha? Wait, is Natasha even your real name? Yes, Natasha is my real name, she immediately said. I know it looks like I stalked you, but trust me, I just wanted to get close. There was a whole lot of drama after that, and Natasha was even arrested. But after talking it out with my colleagues and with the company's agreement, I decided to give her another chance. Not a chance as in dating her again. No, that was out of the question. I let her go with a warning. Don't ever try to follow me or talk to me again, I told her. I'm kind enough to not sue you. Just get out of sight and maybe find a job. A real one. Well, that was the last time I talked to her. She had begged and cried, and but I just I couldn't see myself with her. After that incident, I resigned from my job. That company was no good. Natasha had been there quite some time, and they didn't even know she was a fake. Plus, I was worried about my security. I decided it was better just to move and get a new job. And that's how I got this job, at a multinational company. My boss, Ruby, was a really good-looking, smart woman. She was nothing like my previous manager and that gave me a lot of relief. She was strict with deadlines and performance, and could be gentle and kind when needed. What I'm trying to say is that she had all the qualities of a boss, and I really liked her. I mean, not romantically, of course. My job was treating me really well, and all my co-workers were warm and welcoming. One of my colleagues, Olivia, was really kind to me in particular, She'd made sure that I didn't face any problems in learning the new stuff and even helped me mingle with the others. It was because of Olivia that I often went to dinners with my colleagues after work. She would always invite me. And when I wasn't able to join her for some reason, she would wait for me. Yes, this is exactly what it looks like. I think it's safe to say that both of us liked each other, but neither of us ever admitted it out loud. I wasn't ready for a relationship anyway. My memories of Natasha were still fresh in my mind, and I wanted to spend some more time with Olivia before getting into anything serious. One day Ruby called me to her cabin and told me that I was to join her for a business trip. Sure, I replied. Who else is coming? She frowned at me. No one. But if you want, we can bring one more employee. Well, I wasn't about to let that opportunity pass. I suggested Olivia's name. Ruby gave me a weird look. Why her? She asked seriously. Um, because she was the one who mostly helped me with the reports and presentations. So she knows the best, I said nervously.
Ruby nodded. Okay, fine then. And that is how two days later we were seated on a 17-hour flight together. I realized something was wrong the moment I arrived at the airport. We were taking a company's private airplane, so there was no one else in the flight besides Ruby, Olivia, the air hostess, and me. Awkward doesn't even begin to cover it. I was stuck in a seat between Ruby and Olivia. We had to sit like that because we had to discuss some things on the documents. But this was hella uncomfortable. Not to mention, I couldn't spot a single guy on the flight. And the air hostesses were super flirty. One of them came to ask us if we wanted anything. She brought everything that I had asked for, but when Olivia asked for something, she refused rudely. So, how about a sandwich? Olivia asked her. You just brought one for Matt. I'm sure you have more. Sorry, that was the last sandwich we had, the hostess replied. Ruby snorted. Looks like you'll have to starve, Olivia. My eyes widened. Why was Ruby being like this? I shook my head and offered my own sandwich to Olivia. She refused at first, but had to take it when I insisted. Ruby rolled her eyes and ordered her own food. The hostess didn't refuse this time. It was clear that she was afraid of the boss. But seriously, what the hell was happening? Was this even allowed? A few hours later, Olivia fell asleep on my shoulder. Ruby noticed and gave her a very displeased look. Um, do you have something against Olivia? I asked her. It seems like you're not too fond of her. Ruby averted her gaze and stared out the window. Let's just say I don't exactly get along with her. I didn't ask anything else. It seemed like they shared a history, and I didn't want to ruin the mood right now. Later, the air hostess, whose name I didn't bother to memorize, came back with a tea. She was passing the cup to Ruby when Olivia suddenly pushed her hand and the tea spilt all over Ruby. She shrieked and... I gave her a panicked look. Oh God, you need to wash up with cold water or it'll burn, I said, and immediately got up to lead her to the washroom. Olivia grabbed my hand before I could leave, though. I turned to her in question. Where are you going? she asked. I think Ruby can clean up the mess herself, so why don't you sit down? Was she for real? Ruby glared at her and left for the washroom while I stared at Olivia in disbelief. Did you do that on purpose? I asked. What? She asked innocently. You spilled the tea on purpose, I said. I was watching everything. You raised your hand unnecessarily. Olivia shrugged. Maybe I did it on purpose. But so what? Didn't you see the way she was mocking me earlier? I was just giving her what she deserved. How old are you, Olivia? I exclaimed in disbelief. What you just did was really immature. I don't know what's going on between the two of you, but you could have ended up seriously hurting her. I had never expected this from Olivia. She'd always been so kind and angelic. Now I was seeing a completely different side of her. Why do you care? She muttered. What? Why do you care whether she gets hurt or not? She asked. It's called basic humanity, I replied. But seriously, it feels like I'm wasting my time talking to you. By then, 
Ruby returned. She had changed her dress. I asked her if she was okay, and she nodded. Then she turned to glare at Olivia. I will let this one go, Ruby said. But if you ever pull that kind of stunt again, I will fire you without a second thought. You better learn to differentiate between your personal and professional matters. While all of this was happening, the hostess who brought the tea was standing in a corner smirking to herself. I shot her a look and she immediately sobered up. I'm pretty sure she would have spilled the tea herself, even if Olivia hadn't pushed her. What a weirdo. I couldn't wait for this flight to end. We weren't even halfway, and I was already exhausted. I don't know when I dozed off, but when my eyes opened, I saw that Olivia and Ruby had moved to different seats. I finally had some breathing space. I was about to do some stretching when an air hostess walked up to me. Hi, Matt. Long time no see, she said. I looked up to see her face, and my body completely froze. What the hell was Natasha doing here? Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.